All right, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here. Wes and I had a little bet after I spoke if the numbers would double or be cut in half, and it looks like he won the bet. He said they would be cut in half after Bron speaks. Hey, we're excited that you're here this morning, third week of of Dad's class, and we're uh, excited this morning. We're going to have our executive pastor here at, at Watermark, a guy who's undergrad and, well, I didn't have anything after after that four years of college. This guy was a Harvard and Stanford guy, and uh, that's kind of like mine. I was at Oklahoma City University, which is the Harvard of the Midwest. That's what our uh, president would always tell us, so I believed him. Um, we're excited you're here and excited that you get to hear uh, this third week. If some of your books say, uh, try ain your heart instead of train your heart, that's just trying to keep you on your toes, all right? These books have been an adventure for us uh, this first first run through. So we're excited you're here and excited that you get to hear from a good friend, uh, Mr. John Cox. Let's bring him up. Hey, good morning, guys. Is, oh, there we go. Terrific. Hey, so we, this week we were supposed to do our surveys, okay? And just a question. How many people had just a little bit of nervousness about handing those surveys to their... I know I do. Um, it, it's hard being a dad, isn't it? You know, I always say it's, it's not hard to be a mediocre dad. Okay, that's not hard. What is hard is to be a good dad. And, um, and what's interesting about this is, is that we don't have a lot of good examples for good fathers. And so, um, you know, it, I kind of equate it to running. I don't know how many people in here run. But um, the way that I think about this is, is there are a lot of guys in this world, okay, that are out there running the equivalent of like 15-minute miles. Okay, now is a 15-minute mile is that fast? Yeah, yeah, I hear someone saying that's fast, right? You could almost walk a 15-minute mile, okay? But there are a lot of dads um, who are walking or running the equivalent of a 15-minute mile who are convinced that they're almost world-class, right? That if they just trained a little bit more, they would be world-class. And the reason that that's true is because they are surrounded by people who can't even walk a mile. And so, um, so I think one of the, the keys of, of this being a good dad thing is surrounding yourself with people that are really putting forth effort in this. And so one of the great keys is figuring out, okay, who do I know um, that is taking this seriously and that is investing in this? And then how do I spend time with them? Because I know what is true about me is that when I'm around people that are doing a better job than me at being a dad in this instance, right? Um, There's a part of me which is competitive. And I'm like, I am not gonna get lapped by him. Um, And yet when I do surround myself with good dads, that raises my game. And so, um, you know, one of the great things is we're doing this in tables, but it's just finding some guys who are serious about this, that we can talk about it with, um, and then we can just share, you know, so that we're in this together and we're going to raise each other's game. And, you know, one of the interesting things about this whole survey that we're going to talk about in groups today is, is um, when we did this last time, uh, there were kind of two groups of dads, okay? One group of dads did the surveys, and they gave them to their kids, and they gave them to their, their wife, and they came back and they said, here's what I learned, and, um, and that group of dads was really willing to confront kind of what we would just call brutal reality. What's the truth? 
Okay? There was a separate group of dads that said, well, I didn't really do the survey, but let me tell you what my wife and kids would have said. Okay? And then what they did was they dragged out their highlight reel. Okay? Do you know what the highlight reel is? The highlight reel is in 60 plays in a game, they find the three plays that they did really well. And they say, look at me on these three plays. And what we want to say is, is, hey, we're interested in how you did on the other 57 plays. And what's crazy about being a dad is, is if you did the surveys, is a lot of times your kids, like when they give you feedback back, they will highlight one play where you didn't do well, right? And they'll like respond on the survey as if that's the way you are all the time. And so, you know, I was talking with one of the dads who said that, you know, his, one of his kids said he could do better in the area of anger. And they mentioned this one time that, uh, that a restaurant got their takeout order wrong, okay? And, um, but the kids describe it as if that's the way it is all the time in their house. And, um, and what is true about children is they are great observers, they're lousy interpreters, okay? So they'll see it in you, but then they won't connect the dots well. And so we just take that into consideration, you know, and their perspective is what it is. But, um, but a lot of this starts just by having the courage to say, hey, I want to get reviewed on all 60 plays, not just the three highlight plays. And, um, and then saying, how do I get better from here? And so that's what we're trying to do with the survey. And hopefully that'll be helpful in the discussion groups today. But a lot of starting to get better is saying, here's where I am. Right? And now I've got to get improvement from here. And what I would say to you is, is I think that as I watch dads, you know, um, we've got five kids, by the way. Right? So um, our kids are 15, 14, 12, 11, and 9. Okay? Um, which means my house is chaos. And, um, and uh, that's one of the things that's so humbling about being a dad Right, like you could hear me stand up here and talk for 20 minutes and think that I'm, the, I'm a decent dad, like maybe a, a better than average dad. But if you came over to my house right, and spent time with my family, that's when you would really see. Okay? And, um, and what I would say about this whole dad thing is that um, when, when, you, when you talk about it, it's, it's not what you say to your kids, it's how you live. Okay? Because if you're with someone for 15 minutes, then what they say really matters. But if you're with them for 15 days or weeks or months, what you say doesn't matter at all. And we heard David Marvin, by the way, if you were here last week, you know, say that kids rarely do what you say, but they often do what you do. And so when I think, step back, I say, okay, there are three kinds of dads, just to oversimplify. The first kind of dad is a dad who is not present and doesn't have a plan. Okay? And by that, I just simply mean they are gone. And sometimes that being gone looks like uh, they're just not around. And so, um, you know, they're either travel a lot or they've got other priorities or they've got hobbies and they are just not around. Okay? Now, a dad can be physically around and not be around to engage. Okay? So, uh, being present means not only physically being in the house, but it also means engaging with your family. And, um, and this is one of my wife's pet peeves, by the way. Um, because what she'll say about me is, is that I will come home, okay? So now I'm present and I'm giving myself credit for being present, 
okay? Um, but um, I've got my phone, and I'm on my phone. And, um, and what she'll say is, is, look, you'll come sit on the couch with all of us in, in the room, and you'll say, hey, I, I'm present, I'm here, but you're not because you're in your phone. And so, you know, when, when I did my parent survey, one of the, um, one of the big observations for her was, is put your phone away, Okay. And so um, one, of the, one of her feedbacks to me was, is, hey, leave your phone in your office at home, okay? If you want to go answer it, mess around, do email, whatever you want to do, go to your office, okay? Because then you will not be deceived about whether or not you are present. Because you're convinced yourself that you are present and you are not present, Okay? Now, that's the kind of feedback um, that you get in these kinds of surveys where I say, I wish you would not have told me that, right? I mean, let me live in my delusional world where I think I'm present. And so I'll watch dads do this. And, um, you know, a lot of them are giving themselves credit because they think they're present, okay? But they're really not. And, um, and now my kids are the age where I'm starting to hear it from my kids. Like, they'll say, are you listening to me? You know, because I'm doing something in the phone. And, uh, and so that's level one, you know, dads that are just not present, either because they're physically not there or alternately they're there, but they're not engaged with their families, okay? Level two is the parents that are present, but they don't have a plan, okay? And this is the group of dads that they're home with their kids, they're engaged with them, they're trying to love them, but, um, but it's all reactive, you know, their whole, their whole plan is, is I'm just going to be present with my kids. And, um, and so that group of dads, right, is giving themselves credit because they're loving their kids, they're building into their kids, they're talking to their kids. Okay, but there is no plan. And, um, and so what ends up happening is if you say, hey, what is, what's your plan to grow your child spiritually? Okay, um, there isn't one. And, um, and a lot of these dads will just say, hey, you know, that's where Watermark is helping me. That's why I come on Sundays. And, um, and so that group of dads, right, is the vast majority of the, of the group of dads that we interact with. If you ask them, what's your plan, they do not have one. Okay? And then there's the third level of dads, right? So there's the dads that um, are not present. There's the dads that are present but don't have a plan. And, and then the last group of dads, which is the group of dads that are present and they have a plan. And those are the ones that are making a difference. And, um, and what I'll tell you is, is um, where I struggle as a dad is, is you know, um, I start giving myself credit because I'm physically home, but I'm not fully present. Okay? And then I'll give myself credit because I'm engaging with my kids, but I don't have a plan. And so if I truly want to be an effective father, right, I need to be present and understand what that means, and then I need to have a plan. And so that's what we want to kind of talk about this morning is what's your plan for training your kids? And, um, and what I'll tell you is, is I know that one of the exercises this week is to have a family devotional time. And can I just tell you, in my house, those are some of the biggest disasters of, my, of our whole family, right? Because what'll happen is, is we'll get all five kids on the couch, right? We have these two couches that kind of are perpendicular to each other. So that we're all there, 
And, um, and I'll start in, and I've got these grand schemes for how this thing is going to go. Like I am going to impart wisdom to my kids, and they're going to say, oh, thank you, great and, you know, honored father. And what happens is, is inevitably, at least two or three of them, they don't want to be there. Okay? And they make it abundantly clear to me that they don't want to be there. Like, how long is this going to take? You know, and their, their body language is bad. And so right out of the gate, I, I, I'm starting to get mad, right? And because um, they are clearly not appreciative of wanting to sit down and do this spiritual time. And, um, and it is this constant, hey, can I go yet? So that's how it starts. And then what happens is inevitably we'll talk about, hey, how can this scripture apply to your life? And, um, and uh the kids start jumping in on each other, telling the other kids in my family how they can be better. Like, this is absolutely an issue for you, and here's what you need to do, right? And the kid that is getting that advice, do you think they receive that well? They do not receive it well. Okay, and all of a sudden, I've got a fight in what is supposed to be my devotional time. And so, um, I just want to tell you that if you graded my family on family devotion time, Right? I mean, you would, you would give us a C- minus at best um, because it inevitably goes off the rails. And so, um, so what I would say about that is, is um, one, I've got to change my expectations. Okay? So if I expect that everybody's going to sit down and be happy being there, that, that, that does not help. Okay? Two, I've, I've got to have an alternate plan just other than I'm going to sit down once in a while and have a family devotional time, okay? So when I step back, um, here is my plan, okay? The first part of my plan is I want to model it because what I've realized is, is my kids don't do what I say, they do what I do. And so um, in a very intentional way, um, I want them to see me engaging in God's word, Okay. And this isn't just for show. It's not like I'm going to pull this thing out when everybody's there, right? But um, I understand that, uh, that, uh, that they're going to watch me and they're going to pick up what I model. And that is my single biggest leverage point with my children, okay? So um, I did not grow up in a, in a spiritual family. Um, I think we would have said we were Christians. My dad, not once in 18 years, did he ever share a Bible verse with me or sit me down. or do, He didn't do any of that. And it, it was a guy who was a youth pastor at a local church that is the one who really introduced me to Jesus and, and modeled, and well, here's what it means to follow Jesus. And, um, and I was with that guy, you know, for all the way through high school, and then I came back and worked a couple summers with him. And um, so over the course of, let's say, eight years I was with him, I can't tell you, I don't remember a single thing he ever said. Not one, Okay. But I can tell you dozens of stories about how he lived, right, that have impacted me to this day. And so when we are training our kids, the biggest lesson we can learn that we can walk out of here today is our kids, they're going to be like us. And so are we living the lives that we want our kids to live, right? Are we pursuing Jesus and are they seeing us do that? Because that's what what they're going to do. And all the rest of this, you know, when we talk about our plan, if you just do that, okay, that is 80% of success. And so, um, you know, I could just sit down now and, and we could be done and just say, hey, how am I doing walking with Jesus? And what are my kids seeing in my life? Okay. 
that, that's the first thing. The, the, once we're doing that, then we say, okay, now what do we do to train them? Okay, so when I talk about training my kids, you want to start with the end in mind and say, okay, what do I want my kids to be at 18? And, um, and for me, it's a very short list. The, the, one of the big things I want them to do is I want them to have a biblical worldview. Okay, and by that, I just mean, I want them to understand that God created this world and he is in charge. Okay, and... Um, and that if we follow him, it will go well with us, okay? Now, that, that is a simple thing, and, um, but I want to drill that into them, and, um, and we do that. You know, a lot of times in, in my family, uh, my kids will start talking to me like they are in charge of our family. And I don't know if, if, if your kids are old enough to they do that now, but, but mine do. And, um, and at some point, I'll just look at them and I'll go, are you in charge are, like, are you in charge of our family? Do you get to decide that? And, um, and it's usually so absurd that they will start laughing, you know, and they'll either, you know, say, yeah, I'm in charge of our family now, you know, or, um, or they'll realize that they're not. But, but in our family, you know, like, so mom and dad are in charge. And what I want my kids to understand is in life, God is in charge, okay? And, um, and once we understand that, once we understand that we are following him um, and that he is in charge and he is deciding those things, right, then everything else will fall into place. And so for me, um, one of these things is how do I help my kids to understand that God is in charge, okay? And, um, and for me, that's all about how am I uh, looking to understand what God wants us to do in a decision? And so uh, what we will do is... is um, is, you know, in any decision, uh, I'm, I, we're just always asking two questions, which is, hey, uh, what are you getting out of the Bible? Right? What are you learning from the Bible? And if you learn to ask that question with your kids on a regular basis, right? Now, some of them, if they're little, ask them, what did you learn in church today? Okay? What did you learn in school today? What, um, and so what you're trying to do is say, okay, and then the second question is, is what does God have to say about that okay and in any situation we always want to ask what does God have to say about that and um and I find that my best times of training are in the process of everyday life okay and so you know we talked a couple weeks ago about the four times of day for training right you remember there's there's morning time there's dinner time there's bedtime and then there's car time and for me these days, car time is one of the most valuable uh, sections of time in my life. So a couple rules in my, in my thing is one, um, the radio is off when we're in the car. Okay? And that's just because when the radio is off, that promotes conversation. If the radio is on, ain't no one talking. Okay? Rule number two is, is um, for those kids that have phones, you can't be on your phone in the car. And... Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I do is, is one of my kids play soccer. And so every, um, every week, you know, I'm driving carpool and I've got four kids in my car that are captive for about half an hour. And we're having conversations. And so last night, if you have a child that plays soccer, you know that, um, that all the kids switch teams in the month of May. Okay, so May is a very stressful time for 
kids' youth soccer because they change and then they're all set for a year. And so there's lots of new kids coming to practice last night. And my whole, th- so last night in the car, I'm just saying, hey, hey girls, right? Um, tonight there's going to be a lot of new girls at practice, right? And um, what does God say about how we should treat um, the other girls that are new tonight? And, and all of a sudden, we're in a conversation. Okay, now I'm in a car where I've got uh, two kids that are believers, one kid that may or may not be a believer, and one kid that's, that's just lost, okay? And, and we're saying, what does God have to say about how we should treat other people, okay? And what we're doing is, is we are discipling them in the moment. And so that's my plan, okay? And every day, I'm looking to engage them in the morning at breakfast, right, where I'm trying to give them a vision for the day. And like when I'm taking them to carpool, it's like, hey, I want you to find a kid today, right, who is sitting by themselves, who is left out, who, you know, and how can you love that, that kid? And what does God have to say about that? Um, and then at dinner time, we're talking about our family values. You know, what does God have to say about If you have young kids, there is a book. It's called Sticky Situations that you ought to go out and buy. Okay? Sticky Situations is a book that's just filled with a couple hundred um, life problems. And it's just like, hey, you know, you're on the playground and somebody's being a bully to another kid. What should you do? And um, they are great forums to have conversation about what does God have to say about that? And, um, and so you want to find those kinds of times just to engage your kids in dialogue about that. And so if you're constantly asking them, what does God have to say about that? Then um, what you're teaching them is, is, okay, then what does he want us to do? Because God is in charge. And, uh, and so that has been really valuable to me, right? But if I'm asking them, hey, so I'm modeling what it means to walk with Jesus. I'm asking them, what did you learn from the Bible? Okay, and then in life situations, I'm just saying, what does God have to say about that? Okay, and that is a simple plan, okay? But I'm, I'm a simple dad, right? I just want to find a few things that are going to make a difference and I want to do them very well. And my problem is, is I'm capable of coming up with very complex plans that I do not implement, okay? And so they look great on paper, and then they just don't get done. Or they get done for a couple days, and then I fall way off, okay? So uh, I don't know what your two or three things are, but you got to figure out what are two or three things that I'm going to do to disciple my kids, okay? And so for me, I want to model for them what I'm learning. I want to share what I'm learning in the Word, and then I want to engage them in conversations where it's, what does God have to say about that, okay? So that, that's, you know, I'd say, okay, I want to model it for them, Okay? And then I want to teach it to them. And then I want to, the last thing is I just want to engage about it. And um, where that is becoming a meaningful part of our everyday dialogue. Where I'm saying, okay, here, God, here's what we are learning. And, um, and so then it, it's a matter of just simply saying, how do we apply this? Okay, because what we're not trying to do is raise smart sinners. Okay, we're trying to get them to apply this. And um, if we can get them into this habit, right, then we're teaching them really how to feed themselves. And so um, there are lots of instances, okay, where we get to apply what God's word says to us. And, um, and for me, uh, the biggest area is when I've blown it, okay, when I've, I've really just blown it.
And inevitably with me, a lot of that will be um, sometimes around anger, where I'll get mad at my kids. And, um, and so, uh, you know, the most recent example was like three days ago, okay? So this last weekend, my wife went to Charleston, South Carolina with my oldest daughter for her nephew's wedding, okay? And, um, and so it was a last-minute trip, and we're trying to plan this trip. And my oldest daughter, who's 15, um, was just giving me all kinds of grief about the fact that she needed to be home at 5 p.m. on Sunday to get ready for her school week, okay? And, um, and it turned out that it was really hard to get her home at 5, but it was really easy to get her home at 9 p.m., okay? And, um, and she wore me out, right, for the better part of a day, telling me all these reasons why she needed to be home at 5 p.m., okay? Now, we, we, so we decide to book, and they're coming back at 9, right? So now I'm the bad guy. And... Um, and so you roll the clock forward. I get a call Sunday morning, okay, just, just before I go into church here. And it's, it's my, my wife and my daughter. And they're, they're telling me they want to stay an extra day, okay? And um, because no one else is going home till Monday, right? And, um, and, uh, and I did not respond well with that with my daughter. I'm like, wait a minute. You gave me all this grief about how you needed to be home Sunday at five, and now all of a sudden, because you're having a good time, right, you can come home Monday at noon, right? Is that what I'm hearing you say? And, um, and I did not handle that well. I could have handled it much better, right? Because I've done that. Um, but part of me was like, I was mad that she was giving me grief. Um, you know, I wanted to demonstrate that I was right when I originally talked about it with her. And, um, and part of me didn't mind if she came home Monday, but I just wasn't going to, I wasn't willing to give it up easily, right? Because I was nursing a, okay, now I'm going to pay you back for all of the pain you caused me, okay? So when she got home Monday night, I, I, I just needed to go apologize. And, um, and, and on the back end then say, hey, what would have been the right way to respond? And let's talk that through. Okay, how could dad have done better? And, um, and if I can engage in those conversations and make it about me and let her learn lessons from me, then it will tend to work well, okay? And so uh, this may sound messy when you're talking about training your kids. It's way messy, okay? One, um, we do have formal you know, devotional times at home, okay? That has not gone really well with us. What has worked for the most part is, con- is for me modeling it sharing what I'm learning, getting out of the word, and then continually asking my kids, hey, what are you learning? Okay, what did you learn in church today? What did you learn in school today? What did you learn, you know, in reading the Bible today? Okay, and then what does the Bible have to say about that? And it's those three kind of simple things, okay, which is making a difference for me. And, um, and uh, then I think, you know, as I'm watching them, um, then I'm just engaged with other guys where I'm, I'm consistently saying, I'm looking at my children and I'm saying, okay, if that child, right, is going to struggle, what is going to be their chief area of struggle? Um, and, you know, I, one of my five kids, they love stuff, okay? It's all, it's all about the stuff. And, um, and, if it's, and, and so she lives for what she's going to buy next, Okay? And, uh, and she's 12 years old. And, um, and, 
I know that that's going to be one of her major sin struggle areas when she's 20 and 25. And so for me, it's looking at that child and it's saying, okay, um, how am I helping that child to understand it's not about the stuff? Okay? Because the worst thing that could ever happen to her is she grows up and she marries someone that has resources that could enable that in her. Okay? That, that would be a disaster. And so one of the questions is, for each of your children, okay, what, are their, what are their areas where they're struggling? And, um, and, you, and you can see that in them. Right, So you can see if your child has an issue with anger. You can see if your child has an issue with materialism. You can see if your child, um, if it's always, all the time, all about them. And, um, and you really want to start from those places in terms of training them. And, uh, and so that, that, for me, you know... Talk to your wife and say, you know what? I know one of the questions in the surveys is, where are our kids? Where is each of our kids struggling? Okay? And so now we're customizing our plan for each of our children. And, um, and we're focusing on that. And so uh, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of what we're looking to do. So this training plan, it is not complicated. Okay? You know, being a great dad is about, it's about being present and it's, and it's about having a plan. But the plan can be simple. And the question is, what are two or three things that you are doing with your child, right, that is teaching them to understand that God is in charge and that following after him is the only way to life? And, that you're, and then you're helping them apply the, the word of God in their everyday situations. And, um, and uh, what I would tell you is there are days when I feel like on a scale of one to ten, where ten is Jesus, you know, and one is, okay, there's days when I feel like I'm a two, Okay. And there's days when I feel like I'm an eight. And so what, what I am constantly asking myself is, what's one thing I can do to get better? What's one thing I can do to get better? And, um, and a question that we ask uh, uh, in my community group is, is uh, it's, it's three questions. What are each of us doing as dads that we need to keep doing? Okay, what is it that we're doing well? And let's talk about those things. Okay. The second thing is, is, what are the things that we're doing that we need to stop doing? And, um, and for me, that deals a lot with anger. It deals with issues of my phone. It deals with um, just uh, not being intentional. And then the, the last thing is, is, what is one thing that you're not doing now that if you started to do would make the biggest difference in your parenting? And, um, and, and, we, uh, and so we will get together as a group. And you should do that this morning, which is, is hey, what is one thing I need to do to make myself a better dad? Okay, and for you, it may be you need to be more present at home. It may mean you may need a plan. It may mean you need to hang around with other guys that are running the equivalent of six-minute miles as dads, so that, that inspires you. Okay. Now, the one thing that Watermark can do is Watermark can come alongside of you, and we can offer all kinds of resources that make it easy for you to engage with your kids. Okay, but we can't do it for you, and so. Um, you know, perhaps the best analogy that I've got for a dad is I used to think, um, so before I worked at Watermark, I worked with a hedge fund here in town. And before that, I was with a strategy firm. And I would come home at night and I would think that my job was done. Okay. And, um, and what I realized over time, and in part with the help from, uh, from my wife, is, is when I get home at night, I'm the reliever that's going in in the seventh inning. Okay. 
So it's like I walk through the door and she is handing me the ball. And she has carried that ball all day with the kids. And now she's handing it to me. And I've got to be the closer in the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth innings. Okay? And so um, when, I, when I go home, uh, my day is not done. And, um, and when I step into that game, it's a question of, okay, what is my plan for the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings? And um, in terms of loving and building into my kids and discipling them. And... Uh, and so that's the mentality that we need to bring. And, uh, and let me just close with this. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I made as a young dad was I would go home at night and I would think that I could engage with my kids and then I had a couple more things to do with respect to work, okay? And every night I would feel torn because either the work wouldn't get done or I would neglect the kids. And I finally just had to say, I gotta change my expectations. And when I come home at night, um, I've just got to go, I'm not getting anything else done for work. Now uh, I am a dad, okay? And my job over the next two hours from 6 to 9 p.m. is I want to move the ball forward with, on being a dad. And here is my plan, you know? And so uh, that has helped me immensely, just immensely, okay? And so um, I'm going to stop here. And uh, let me just do this. Does anybody have any questions about any of that? Okay. It sounds incredibly simple. Okay. Coming up with a plan is not hard. It's implementing it that's hard. Okay. And if you have a mindset that this is all about a family devotional time where you get people together and they're going to love you for it, just be done with that. This is about every conversation you have with your kids. And it's about trying to figure out Where are they? And how do I help them understand what God would have them for in this context? And it's not hard. It's just a matter of asking questions. Okay. So anybody have any questions this morning about any of that stuff? Yeah. One question. Your 12-year-old daughter, the things that you see that her struggling with. Yep. Addressing that directly with her, are you just trying to approach that? And you know that, and so you put together... No, no, no. Look, you absolutely see this. And part of this is... is, Okay, the, the question was my 12-year-old daughter, right, who I know struggles with stuff, okay? Like she obsesses about what's next, right? And it could be a Yeti water cup, you know, like that was it for a long time. You know, it's just what is the latest thing for her? It's soccer, okay. Um, one, it's pointing that out to her, okay? It's saying to her, you know what? You're obsessed with this. And, um, and then... You know, it's saying, hey, remember that Yeti water cup that you absolutely could not live without, okay? You know, how do you think about it now? Because she's she's gotten one and she's had it for, you know, a month. And it's helping her to understand that uh, that this is a pattern in her life, okay? And that she is really looking for those things to make her happy, okay? And by the way, we all do that kind of stuff. Like for me... Um, you know, one, here's the, the telltale marker to know if I'm discontent with my life is am I obsessing over the latest technology gadget, okay? So um, if I'm trying to re- read about the new iPhone, right, that is a sign to me, that's a red warning light going off that I'm looking for fulfillment in that and there's something wrong in my life, okay? So we should all have this. But it's helping her to understand that with her. And so, um, it, yes, it's absolutely engaging that. And it's saying to her, look, you know what? When you're 20, this is going to be your issue. And, uh, and so much of parenting, I think, is about trying to discern 
what our kids are good at and drawing that out, okay? And then what are their potential struggles and helping them deal with that. I had a dad who never did that with me, right? Like my dad, his father controlled him, okay? And so my dad never wanted to do that. So my dad always told me, you can do whatever you want to do, okay? But he never said to me, Okay, since you were five years old, this is what you've loved, this is what you've been good at, and this is what you've gravitated to. And as you think about what you want to do with life, you should take that into consideration. That would have been really helpful for me to hear. It it took me 20 years, the better part of 20 years, to figure that out. And one of the things I want to do, I'm tangenting now, by the way. Um, One of the things I want to do with my kids is I want to be able to say to them, this is what you're good at. This is what you love. This is what you've gravitated to your whole life, right? How can you take those gifts to serve Jesus and think about those things as you're thinking about what you want to do with your life, okay? There is a whole set of training where you are watching your children trying to draw that out of them. And correspondingly, you're looking at them and saying, here are the things that if they're going to go off the rails and end in a ditch, this is going to be why. And so my 11-year-old son has decided, A, that his father doesn't know anything, okay? And B, um, that he can tell half-truths and think that he's going to get away with it, okay? And so... um, especially as it relates to school. Like you'll ask him, did you do your homework? Okay. And, um, and he will say, yes. Right. Okay. And then I, I hear from the teacher that he hasn't finished it. Okay. And, um, and I'm just catching him. Look, th- this is a stage of life. I love my 11 year old. He's terrific. Okay. I'm not, um, but, but what I, what I want him to understand is you can't take shortcuts in life. Okay. That is going to kill you sooner or later. And look, if you can't be trusted, trust is the essence and glue in relationships, okay? And if you can't be trusted, it will not go well for you. And that is a lesson I want him to learn at 11, not at 21. And so, uh, so it does mean paying attention, okay? Now, my wife is terrific in this because she sees all of this in my kids. So we talk about, hey, where are our kids doing well and where are they struggling? And what are the cutting edge issues for them? Right, that is a part of our our regular conversations. So that was a long answer to a very short question, but I absolutely want to engage that with her, okay? Um, And, uh, you know, uh, here's another, and this may or may not be helpful, here's another one, right? I've got one child in my family who is responsible for 60% of the conflict in my house, Okay. Now remember, I've got five kids, okay? And all by herself, she's, when she's not around, it is much, okay. if that child was not in my house, I would be writing books about how great of a dad I was, okay? And, um, and so uh, what, what I say to her consistently is, is um, you do not have a dog in that fight because she thinks that she is the third parent, the fourth member of the Trinity, and it's her job right, to tell all of her siblings what they should do and not do, okay? That is a, that is a behavior pattern that is not going to serve her well in life, okay? And so um, what does the Bible have to say about that, okay? That's what we're doing with her and saying, hey, let's talk about what, the, and then drawing that wisdom in and having a conversation about it, okay? And, um, and look, I love that kid in many ways. Um, she's the most fierce, most loyal child I've got. Um, and she is always watching out for the underdog. So she has some tremendously positive traits. Okay. This, I'm the Holy Spirit in people's lives is one that is not going to serve her well. Okay. 
And so if you, like, just take a, take, um, take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on one side, write, here are the strengths of my child, okay? Here's what they do really well. How do I draw more of that out of them? And then on the other side, here are the potential danger areas for my child. Um, and how am I engaging with them so that that does not become an Achilles heel for them? Okay, that, that's a big part of my parenting strategy is, uh, is trying to discern that and then, and then help them along the way. Okay, I think we're out of time, right, Wes? So I'm gonna close it down. Can I just pray for us? Um, and guys, uh, let me just close by saying um, being a dad is hard. Remember, being a mediocre dad is not hard. Being a great dad is really hard. And it takes time and attention and energy. And the best thing that I know is when you go home at night, right, you take off the work hat, you put on the dad hat. And, um, and that's your time to engage and pour into your kids. And then it's just a matter of what's my plan. And the plan doesn't have to be complicated, but it needs to be clear and you need to do it consistently. Okay, that, and now I'll pray. Father, um, thank you for the privilege of being a dad. Uh, I think that there's just nothing that helps me to understand you more than to understand how I love my kids, how I want what's best for my kids, um, and Lord, how I want to give them counsel about how to live in such a way that uh, will bless them and that will secure them a place in eternity. And Father, I know that that's what you want for me. And yet um, there are so many times when uh, I think I know better. And so I pray that I would be a man um, who is constantly saying, what does my God have to say about that? Because he knows what's best for me. And I pray that I'd be a man not only that hears that, but that puts it into practice. Um, Help me to be a man who models what it means to listen to you and follow you. And I pray that for all of the dads in this room and that our kids would see that in us. And then, Lord, I pray you'd help us to teach our children how to do that. And um, that we would understand that you're in charge and that we need to follow you. And, Father, that you have great advice for us. Lord, we pray for our kids this morning as they're in school. We pray for them that they would know you and that they would love you and that they would follow you all of their days. Amen. Thank you, John. All right, well, before we uh, go to discussion, I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things. Uh, You know, uh, last year, a few of us read a book uh, entitled Sticky Faith, which is just, uh, it was uh, a book that came out of some research about what is it that we see as the trends in kids who stick with their faith as they uh, go from the home on to college and young adulthood and all that. And so uh, one of those things, one of the the research points was this. So they did a survey of 11,000 teenagers all growing up in the church. So these are all church-going teenagers. And they asked them, hey, how often uh, or or how many of you have regular dialogue with your parents about uh, matters of faith? And the research showed that only 12% of kids had a regular dialogue with mom about um, issues of faith. Okay, so that's mom. So with dad, it went down to 5%. So one of 20 kids of that 11,000 had a regular conversation with dad. And yet the the research shows that, hey, having regular dialogue with parents about issues of faith is one of the key contributors to sticking with your faith. 
And so uh, it, it's, a, it's a crazy thing when we think about it. What are the, the conversations that you have? What are the things that your kids hear you talking about all the time? And are they things of eternal significance? Or is it, hey, let's talk about sports again? Or let's talk about you know, school even and all that? And if we aren't getting to the, the point of saying, hey, let's talk about what God, exactly what John just said with you. you know, hey, what, is, what are we learning from God's word? And then what does God's word have to say about this situation? Those are really um, great questions. And so, John, thank you for that. And so we, we do want to try to help you and just put tools in your hands. If you look in your book right there, you're going to see kind of on that second page of week three, there's a chart there that really is just an outline of how we think about how we're training your kids here in Watermark Kids and in our student ministry. And so these are some of the, the teaching truths that for different stages of life, we're trying to pour into your kids. So if you've got preschoolers, you can see the five things there that we're, uh, that we're really focusing on. If you've got elementary school kids, you can see the five things there uh, that we're focusing on. And you can see the things that our student ministry is focusing on as we're thinking about how to train your kids. But we always say that we are partnering with you to train your kids. We are not doing it on our own. And so these are the things that are there. And so uh, as we were doing the, the church leaders conference a couple of weeks ago, and as I was talking with uh, those leaders about how we think uh, about family ministry here, one of the principles that we talked about is just, hey, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And, uh, and just meaning this is that we as the church, our job is to put uh, the water out there. Our job is to say, hey, parents, come over here, and this is where you can drink from. But at the end of the day, we can't make you do it. And John alluded to that earlier. And so we want to encourage you. We are putting resources in front of you literally every week so that you can be a, an effective dad, so that you can be present and have a plan. And so if you, uh, if you have your phone, grab it, pull it out. Let me, let me show you something real quick if you're unaware of this. But if you pull out, open up your browser, find a browser on your phone, and just go to watermark.org slash blog. And so every Sunday, actually every weekend, we post uh, a little bit of a summary of, hey, this is what your kids are learning in either our preschool ministry or our elementary ministry. And so if you go to watermark.org slash blog, you can pull down a menu and you can go to, just go to our elementary uh, blog. Okay. So if you click on elementary and then find one of those blog posts and Josh is actually, I think going to put one up here on the screen just so you can see it. So every week we're going to say, Hey, this is what we're teaching your kids. We're talking about honesty this month and we have a princess drama, which is why the stage is not decorated for dads this morning. Okay. And, uh, and so if you scroll down, Josh, you're going to see a summary of, Hey, here's what we're learning. Here's our definition. Here's our memory verse. Keep going, buddy. Keep on going. Uh, you're going to see family questions. So you're like, instead of just asking your kids, hey, what did you learn today at church? You can say, hey, I understand that you're learning about honesty. And so you can pull out your phone or have your wife pull out your phone while you're driving and pull this up. And as you're driving home, you can have a meaningful conversation with your kids about what they learned that morning. And here's specific questions that you can ask them. And then what we do is, as John alluded to, those four times of day, what we try to do every week is give you four, uh, uh, one activity or conversation in each one of those categories. So, hey, at dinner time this week, here's a conversation that you can have with your kids. Hey, during drive time this week, point out this and then have this conversation with your kids. Hey, at bedtime this, this week, you can have this conversation. So we are trying to give this stuff to you guys to make it easy because we know that part of when you listen to John, you listen to me, you're like, man, I don't, I don't even know where to start. You said I have to be a disciple maker. I I don't know where to start. And we're trying to give you starting points. Some of you guys don't need this. You're doing a fantastic job on your own and way to go you. I'm so thankful for you. Some of you are going, man, I, I, I didn't grow up in the church. I, I don't have this training and I don't know where to start. 
We're trying to make this simple for you. So our preschool blog is similar than that. Our student ministry posts their talks online every week. And so you can go and listen to what Harrison shared at Wake and go, hey, let's talk about this thing and have meaningful conversations with your kids. And so discipleship doesn't have to be complicated. It can be easy, exactly what John said. And so really, here's the deal, is that you are making disciples. The only question out there is what kind of disciples are you making? Because they're watching you. They're paying attention to the things that you talk about and saying, well, look, those are the things that are important. The reason that kids don't stick with their faith, whose parents never talk with them about faith, is not because they didn't have a family devotional. It's because they paid attention and they realized, hey, this thing isn't that important to mom or dad. Because if it was, we would talk about it as much as we talk about dad's job, as much as we talk about sports, as much as we talk about. And so they're just paying attention. And they're seeing, what is it that really matters to mom and dad? And so let me just encourage you and challenge you this week. The the homework assignment is to have a family devotional. But I would say you can go to our blog and just do one of those things. Hey, I'm just going to, we're going to pull out this thing. It's going to take 10 minutes at the dinner table. This is, do not plan an hour with your five-year-old of worship, prayer, and communion, and okay, bad idea. But if at dinner time you can just say, hey, you know what? I saw that you guys learned the story about Paul and Silas in jail, and that's so great. Hey, let's talk about that. Why don't we open up God's word and read that, and then let's pray, and then let's go and do the dishes. It can be as simple as that. So Last thing I'll say, dads, again, we're trying to set you up for success. Next Friday night, we're having this thing called Watermark Kids Live, and the purpose of that is to say, hey, parents, come on, let's do this together. Let's make it fun. So we have Watermark Kids Live next Friday night. That is an easy win for you. Your kids are going to think you're the hero at the end of that night because they're going to have so much fun and say, dad, thank you for taking me to that. So if you've got elementary kids, that is for you. And then our significant summer, we're going to kick that off. And again, it's just a plan. Exactly what John said. Hey, I, I, I just need a plan. We're going to give you a plan for summer that you can follow through if you'll take advantage of it. So we are leading you to water. We are encouraging you to drink. The decision is yours. Am I going to drink or not? So I'm going to let you get to your tables and spend some time talking, going over your surveys. That should be fun. And uh, then we'll wrap up here at the end. All right. Hey, guys, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome to stick around and talk a little longer. We want to make sure that... Uh, we're out of here, or give you a chance to go off to work. I know you guys didn't head that way. Let me pray uh, for our weekend and next week ahead, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next Thursday. Father, thank you for um, the challenge of, of being a dad. We're thankful that we have to depend on you. I'm reminded of your word, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who are in need of you. And we just confess again to you, we need you. For us to finish our work day today and then to think about being on when we get home. Some of us are maybe wrestling with that, thinking, man, I'm working all day and then i got to go home and be on. Would you help us? Would you help us to save some of our best for our family, our number one ministry to our wives and our kids? And so we thank you for the day ahead, which helps us to abide and walk with you and, and uh, minister through your spirit today. We love you. In Christ's name, amen.